Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. President Trump's Twitter account, where Alex Jones' Twitter account goes to look respectable. The fraudulent Trump University fraudulent school for fraudulent studies, where the real studies are the non-existent Joe Biden University non-existent school for non-existent studies. And Mike Pompeo's jockstrap. President Trump referenced the Secretary of State's jockstrap in an Oval Office press event, and nothing we can do can make that not so. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices are as beautiful and perfect as President Trump describes his phone calls. Our top story this week. The opening of a formal impeachment investigation into President Trump's numerous abuses of power has led to sober discussion of the solemn constitutional process of presidential impeachment and thorough investigations into the facts and circumstances surrounding the allegations confronting the president. Except, of course, on Fox News, where the coverage has been understated by their so-called news division. President Trump illegally withheld congressional approved military aid from Ukraine and leveraged the Ukrainian government into investigating debunked allegations that Joe Biden threatened to withhold money from Ukraine to protect his son's shady business interests. More on Joe Biden's involvement in the debunked scheme spearheaded by Rudy Giuliani and William Bardis subvert American national security to the sole benefit of President Trump's re-election campaign. But first, this much more important breaking news. A liberal on a liberal college campus did something so liberal that even liberals think it was too liberal. And Fox's so-called opinion division have taken their usual insane conspiratorial lies up to a level that makes Alex Jones seem like Walter Cronkite. The so-called whistleblower is really a deep state George Soros-funded socialist Frankenstein monster created by Obama in Kenya using Planned Parenthood aborted fetus parts to exact revenge for the defeat of Hillary Clinton and cover for the fact that Bo Biden faked his own death, invaded Hunter Biden's body, and framed President Trump for the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson. But the funniest Fox News take of them all came from Fox and Friends this Tuesday morning when co-host Ainsley Earhart pretended that the whole impeachment investigation was just too darn confusing to wrap her pretty little brain around. Following Brian Kilmeade's assertion that there's, quote, almost no there there, Ainsley said the following. Bear in mind, this is a literal and verbatim quote. I mean, it gets too much in the weeds. First they go after the president with impeachment, then they're going after Rudy Giuliani, now it's Bill Barr, and America is saying, what? How are they all connected? Connect the dots for us. What are you talking about? Seriously, that's a direct quote. You can look it up. But to be clear, we did make up the rest. I mean, really? What's the big deal? Who cares if Trump directly tied the ability of Ukraine... What's a Ukraine? ...to purchase anti-tank weapons... What does Ukraine have against tanks? ...to their willingness to directly participate in a political scheme to smear... Do you mean smear like with finger paint? ...Joe Biden... 
This is way too in the weeds. First of all, what does any of this have to do with weeds? There's no quid pro quo. I agree. Squids are gross. The hysterical left is breathlessly trying to act like it's so terrible that the president of the United States subjugated... Gates are the subject? The national security interests of the United States... National security gate subjects means build the wall. For his own personal political gain. I don't understand what any of this means. Americans are like, what's the connection between a Ukraine and dots? Is Ukraine a type of dot? And if so, why are those dots so anti-tank? But, I mean... Why do we park on the driveway and drive on the parkway? Come on! What's the big deal? And why did the chicken cross the road? We may never know. Bottom line, there's no quid pro quo. Are those even real words? Because in order for there to be a quid pro quo... It's like you're speaking a foreign language or something. The president would have had to directly say out loud that this is a quid pro quo. That's science. There's no there there. There where? How can there be a there if there's no there where there is? This is all too confusing. Up next, a liberal on a liberal college campus did something so liberal that even liberals think it was too liberal. Finally, a new story I understand. President Trump is finally facing impeachment for trying to force the Ukraine to do to Joe Biden what Russia did to Hillary Clinton. I sat for an interview in the home of former Secretary of State and what John Kerry would be like with even less charisma, Hillary Clinton. Make yourself comfortable. My wife's walks in the woods take a really long time. Luckily, I was prepared to disarm the creepy ex-president with a trick I discovered while watching the 2016 Democratic Convention. Look, Mr. President, balloons. <gasps> Yay, balloons! The balloons kept President Clinton occupied until Secretary Clinton returned from her walk, where she promptly lured her husband into an adjoining room that was filled with balloons. Look, honey, more balloons. Yay, balloons! He's not as sharp as he used to be, so I encourage him to play in the other room with his balloons whenever journalists drop by for an interview. Madam Secretary, what is your reaction to the news that President Trump is facing an impeachment inquiry due to rampant corruption? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it's just... <laughs> I told... I told you so... <laughs> And what about the fact that President Trump not only subverted American national security by tying military aid to his own personal political fortune, but that he further damaged national security by abusing the classification system to cover that up? <laughs> but, 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 my, but my emails... <laughs> The former first lady in what Eleanor Roosevelt would look like in a power suit laughed uncontrollably for a half an hour until she was finally too out of breath to laugh anymore. 
Current Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who denied knowledge of President Trump's now infamous Ukraine phone call until it was reported that he was actually on the call. <laughs> has indicated that he plans on blocking the congressional testimony of his State Department subordinates and has stated that he himself will defy subpoenas to produce documents or appear before Congress. Prompting three Democratic committee chairs to write a letter stating that Pompeo must submit to congressional inquiry, citing Pompeo's own demand when he was a congressman that you must submit to congressional subpoenas and testify before Congress regarding the eight hearings Republicans held on Benghazi. somebody pop a balloon no mr president i'm afraid your wife laughed so hard that her head exploded right in the middle of my interview you can interview me if you need more material after all i'm single now ew although i would like to ask you about your friendship with jeffrey epstein no comment this interview is over damn me too movement you can't even have a hooker orgy on a private jet anymore Look, Mr. President, I have more balloons. Mm, don't want to talk about Epstein. Want to play with balloons. I won't ask about Epstein. Yay, balloons! However, I would like to get your reaction to Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, who is defending Trump against what he characterizes as a political witch hunt because he claims Trump hasn't broken a specific law, but during your impeachment said that a president, quote, doesn't have to break the law because, quote, impeachment is about cleansing the office. Impeachment is about restoring honor and dignity to the office. Last month, President Trump, at the behest of the United States Attorney General and President Trump's personal attorney, William Barr, called the Australian Prime Minister to ask for his help in discrediting the FBI investigation into Russian election meddling that was opened when an Australian diplomat revealed that Trump campaign staffer George Papadopoulos drunkenly confessed to knowing that Russia hacked Hillary Clinton's emails two months before the contents of those emails were made public via WikiLeaks. Barely audible whisper obtained an audio recording of the call. It's worth noting that while the conspiracy theories espoused by Trump are hilarious when structured as jokes, these are actual conspiracy theories that it appears the actual Justice Department is actually investigating. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman, because we hear he hates that. Prime Minister Albex Dacus, it's me, Trump. Uh, I need a favor. Right, I've learned it's just best to just... Ignore your cultural insensitivities and try and move on. What can I do you for, Mr. President? <laughs> Stop talking in that funny dingy dungy doo voice. This is serious. Try and stay focused, Mr. President. It's an accent, not a crocodile Dundee gag. 
<laughs> that movie is so funny. I like the part where the foreign guy says stuff. He's funny because he sounds like you. White foreigners are funny because they're not scary like brown foreigners. That's a great idea you had, Mr. President. Of course it was a great idea, Prime Minister Boomerang, because I had it. Nobody has most better ideas than Trump. Uh, what was the great idea I had? That you'd stop disparaging my culture and come to the point of why you called me. Oh yeah, I'm going to stop disparaging your culture and tell you why I called. I need a favor, Prime Minister Kangaroo Pouch. Right. What can I do you for? I need you to help Attorney General William Barr discredit his own Justice Department and all of the American intelligence agencies. Come again? I need you to help us prove that George Poppy Poppypus... You mean Popadopoulos. Uh, that's what I said. Popupudus was set up by a spy posing as an Australian diplomat to trap George Poppyseed Pussy as part of a deep state conspiracy to get Crooked Hillary elected by accusing Russia of helping me get elected after Hillary lost the election. I'd love to help you, mate, but what you're saying doesn't make any sense. Fake news, Prime Minister Fosters. It's Australian for beer. George Peppermint Dippin' Dots is a hoax. George Pop Goes the Weasel was tricked into admitting he knew that Russia hacked Hillary's emails by a fake Australian diplomat who is really a deep state spy. Even if that were true, it would still mean that Papadopoulos an associate on your campaign, knew that Russia hacked Hillary's emails. Fake news, Prime Minister put another shrimp on the barbie. Russia didn't hack Hillary's emails. Hillary hacked her own emails. Come again? Crooked Hillary's cybersecurity company, Strikeforce, hacked her emails. But then said Russia hacked her emails so that they could put out their own damaging information through WikiLeaks. So they could frame me by saying Russia stole her emails to help Trump to help Hillary win the election. Like I said, I'd love to help you, mate, but your strike force theory is ridiculous. Fake news, Prime Minister, maybe the dingo ate your baby. The strike force theory has to be true because I extorted the Ukrainian government into investigating it. So, what you're saying is, George Papadopoulos was tripped by an Australian spy into confessing that Russia stole Hillary Clinton's emails without offering any explanation of how he had that information two months before those emails were stolen and released to WikiLeaks by Hillary Clinton herself as part of a conspiracy to frame Russia for stealing her emails on your behalf so that she could claim that you were colluding with Russia thereby helping her win the election. <sighs> Even though the release of those emails hurt Hillary Clinton, arguably costing her the election while providing her no help during the election because no one accused you of being involved in or even benefiting from 
Russia's election meddling until after you had already won the election. It sounds silly when you say it, but that's just because you have a silly voice. Now say, but I don't know if this is a knife. <laughs> I love that movie. All right. Let's see if it sounds less ridiculous when you say it, Mr. President. Okay. Crooked Hillary trapped George Poopy Pants R.S. into confessing to knowing about Russia. Which is a hoax. Two months before anybody else knew about the Russia hoax. Where Crooked Hillary stole her own emails. So she could say that I stole her emails. Because Obama. Deep State. 18 Angry Democrats. Witch hunt. Build the wall. Right. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to say I'll help you investigate this thing because I'd rather tell you that than deal with whatever crazy bullshit you'd do if I said no. Thanks, Prime Minister Vegemite. Former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger was on trial this past week for the murder of Botham Jean. Last week, Barely Audible Whisper attempted to envision a scenario where Geiger's mistakenly going up an extra flight of stairs, opening a door she mistakenly thought was hers, and shooting a neighbor she mistakenly thought was an intruder, was not ridiculous and that her defense was somehow defensible. Our best effort was not very convincing. Fortunately, the defense argument was just as unconvincing, and Geiger was found guilty of murder. Our legal correspondent, Ami Couscourier, sat with retired defense lawyer Malcolm Prohibitum to explain the finer points of this case. The facts of the case are these. Ex-Officer Geiger entered a home that was not her own, saw an unarmed black man, and shot the man twice, killing him. Mr. Prohibitum, you are a defense lawyer. Can you help explain some of the defense tactics they used? Yes, I'd be happy to. One tactic was the Castle Doctrine, similar to Stand Your Ground laws. A person is justified in using deadly force if someone enters or attempts to enter a person's own home. But it wasn't her home. It was her upstairs neighbor's. Yes, so the defense merged the Castle Doctrine with a mistake-of-fact defense. That the defendant made a reasonable mistake, leading to the crime being committed. So if this defense had succeeded, I could go into someone else's home and shoot them, and be found not guilty as long as it's reasonable to believe it was my own home? Well, not guilty of murder. Mistake-of-fact defenses can only defend you against crimes of intent, not crimes of liability. Can you give examples? Let's say you wanted to spray paint your cat orange and black for Halloween. Your neighbor, however, has an identical cat, and you accidentally spray paint the wrong cat. This is a crime of liability, not a crime of intent. It doesn't matter that you made a mistake. It's still a crime. Odd example, but it did help. Now imagine that you go into a pet store, also on Halloween, dressed as a pirate. Unbeknownst to you, the fake parrot on your shoulder falls off, and a real parrot takes its perch. 
you walk out of the store with the real parrot. Because theft is a crime of intent, you could make the mistake of fact defense. Again, I feel like there was a simpler, more common example to make, but the point came across. So, murder is a crime of intent, and it's justifiable to use the mistake of fact defense. Yes, but manslaughter, you see, is a liability crime. So the best the defense lawyers could hope for there is reducing the charge for murder to manslaughter. Was there any justifiability in Geiger's attempt to claim self-defense? She said she was scared because she thought he was an intruder. This is where this case has a chance to set precedent for many future cases. Many times we've seen police officers claim to have been afraid when shooting an unarmed black man. Perhaps this case will finally put a limit on what's reasonable to consider scared enough to justify deadly force. And I assume you can express this in a light-hearted metaphor centering around animals and Halloween for some reason. Imagine, if you will, that you've forgotten it's Halloween. You're wandering the neighborhood, and in a neighbor's yard is a St. Bernard dressed to look like Winston Churchill. The St. Bernard takes a step towards you, and you panic and shoot the dog. Is this justifiable? Of course not. Well, it depends on precedent and circumstance. What if there has been a rash of St. Bernards attacking people recently while dressed as Winston Churchill? I guess then the fear is more justifiable. But what if the stories about St. Bernard as Winston Churchill attacks are mere rumors? I think the Winston Churchill costume is really clouding the metaphor. I'm going to keep using it anyway. What if, statistically, St. Bernards dressed as Winston Churchill are no more dangerous than any other animal dressed as other prime ministers? However, for whatever reason, society has been instilled with a common, irrational fear of St. Bernard's dressed as Winston Churchill. And St. Bernard as Winston Churchill attacks are reported on more frequently, more sensationally, and without the level of respect given and fairness given to other pets as dignitaries. What if there is precedent of a litany of cases where a citizen was deemed justifiably fearful when shooting a St. Bernard dressed as Winston Churchill? Would your fear, then, be a justifiable defense? I'd certainly try it as a defense. And there you have the legal strategy for Amber Geiger. That was the strangest metaphor for institutional racism I've ever heard. Thank you. Do you think the defense has any hope of success on appeal? I hope not. Cops have enough ways to get away with murdering St. Bernard's dressed as Winston Churchill. We don't need to add breaking into their yards to the mix. Last week, the White House released a partial transcript of a phone call between President Trump and the Ukrainian president, in which President Trump used congressionally approved military aid to extort the Ukrainian government to cooperate with Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, and Trump's other personal attorney, Attorney General William Barr, in a dirty tricks campaign against Joe Biden. The Attorney General and lying sack of jowls William Barr was unavailable for comment because he was on an unannounced trip to Italy. The secret trip was part of an ongoing Justice Department investigation which seeks to discredit the FBI and every American intelligence agency as part of an orchestrated effort to cast doubt on the well-established fact that Russia interfered in the 2016 election. 
barely audible whisper, obtained an audio recording of William Barr's conversation with an Italian official. Ciao, Bella. Mi scusi. Mi chiamo Attorney General Barr. Vorrei information circa la investigation de Roberto Muller. Uh, please stop oh. doing that. I, I, I speak English. Ma voglio parlare italiano ho comprato Rosetta Stone. Hey. Oh no. I tried to greet you with a traditional Italian kiss on the cheek, but I'm being sucked into the abyss of your jowls. Scusa, mi abiso succhiare tutte persone. Stop butchering my language and put me out of here. Scusa. Ah, ah, I can never unsee the sheer evil that resides in the vortex of your jowls. See, me abiso is puro male. Ah, just, just to tell me in English what you want from me. Hello, che voglio e come si dice? Just to see say it in English. Fine. I want information regarding the Trump-Russia investigation that discredits Robert Mueller, the FBI, and the unanimous conclusions of every American intelligence agency. Why would the United States Attorney General travel to a foreign country to undermine American intelligence and his own Justice Department? That's just what I do. It's like asking... Why does the sun rise in the east and set in the west? Or why is the sky blue? Or why are Jeffrey Epstein's darkest secrets oh. buried in the cavernous oh, hellscape of my jowls? Oh, so that's a what that stench was. Partly, yes. The suffocating stench of my jowls is related to their ominous inhabitants, but mainly it's because an infinite abyss of pure evil is impossible to keep clean. Why are you in Italy? I like to visit the Roman Colosseum. The ancient ruins are a spectacular arena dedicated to forcing enslaved people to participate in lethal blood sports for the amusement of the powerful is a perfect metaphor for my jowls. But Italy has nothing to do with the Trump-Russia investigation. It doesn't matter. I'm not interested in information that's credible or relevant. I just need something that sounds weird when Sean Hannity screams it directly into camera. Are you sure you want to do this now? After all, President Trump just got caught undermining American national security interests by extorting Ukraine into a dirty tricks campaign against Joe Biden. The timing, how you say, uh, sucks. The timing sucks, but the setting is perfect. What better place to solicit a bribe 
that will subvert our once thriving democracy into an authoritarian empire that serves the ego of a single narcissist than the place where Julius Caesar declared himself emperor. Well, that's not exactly a shining example of a good governance. The place where lax building regulations led to a fire that destroyed the city of Rome, while Emperor Nero callously played a fiddle and then scapegoated and viciously persecuted the Christian religious minority to avoid suffering the consequences of his own incompetence. Ah. Again, that's a horrible example the of... The place where Caligula squandered the national treasury uh, on a pleasure palace would serve no purpose except to provide the emperor with an opulent place for the pursuit of grabbing imperial pussies. So President Trump is an authoritarian emperor who possesses the worst characteristics of the worst Roman emperors. Well, he's not exactly a paragon of achievements in art, education, and science. The only thing Trump has in common with positive achievements of the Roman Empire is that he's full of more shit than the aqueducts. According to the whistleblower complaint against President Trump, the president tried to conceal his now infamous call with the Ukrainian prime minister by designating the records of the call, which did not contain any sensitive information, as highly classified in order to severely limit the number of people who had access to those records. Multiple stories from multiple news outlets confirm that President Trump has used the same dubious classified designation to hide records from calls from other leaders, including Vladimir Putin and the Saudi Crown Prince. Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of President Trump ordering the classification of one such call. As always, our Trump impersonator is still a woman because we hear he still hates that. I hereby declare that the phone on my desk is classified. I need a new phone on my desk. Mr. President, we go over this every time you classify a phone call. The phone itself is just a machine. I know that. I am not a baby. I just had the most perfect phone call. It was so beautiful and so perfect. It was like the Mona Lisa by Leonardo DiCaprio. That's a weird way to describe a phone call. Fake news! It's a beautiful way to describe a phone call. Nobody describes beautiful and perfect phone calls more beautifully and perfect than Trump. Trump phone calls are the most bestest phone calls since the phone was invented by Alexander Graham Telephone. Alexander Graham Bell. That's what I said. Alexander Graham Cracker answering machine. When Alexander Metric Weight Ringtone invented the telephone in 1987, he couldn't have imagined how perfect and beautiful my phone calls would be 7,000 years later. Mr. President, I'm concerned that if you classify the records of conversations that do not contain classified information, it might create the appearance that you're trying to hide something. Fake news! My phone conversations are so beautiful and so perfect that everybody should hear them. And then they would say, wow, Trump's phone conversations are like a beautiful and perfect work of art. Even more beautiful and perfect than the giant guy with the penis statue by Mickey Angelou. That's what makes it appear suspicious, Mr. President. If your phone calls are so perfect, 
Why are you going to such extreme lengths to keep them secret? Because they are illegal. What? I didn't just say illegal. You clearly just said illegal. Fake news. What I said was they are so perfect and so beautiful that it should be illegal to look at them. Because if anyone ever looked directly at my phone conversations, they would be blinded by their perfect beauty. It's like looking directly into a solar eclipse. That's not what you said, Mr. President. I have a transcript of what you said, and that Fake is news. not... news! If you read the transcript of what I said, and pretend it says what I say I said instead of what I really said, then you can see it says what I say it said. That's not how it works. I hereby declare that this conversation is classified. Mr. President, you can't just classify a conversation because you I don't... I hereby declare that the rest of your sentence is classified, so you can't finish saying it because it's classified at a higher level than you're allowed to say. I have the highest possible security clearance. I hereby declare that there's an even higher level of security clearance, and you can't have that. You can't It's super-duper secret. You can't know what it is. Level most top-tip, top-of-your-secret level Mission Impossible rerun level classified. Mr. President, this This is... conversation is super-duper secret. You can't know what it is. Level most top-tip, top-of-your-secret level Mission Impossible rerun level classified. Which means you can't tell anybody about it, and you can't talk during it. Mr. And the super-duper secret you can't know what it is level most top-tip, top-of-your-secret level Mission Impossible rerun level classified classification is also super-duper secret. You can't know what it is level most top-tip, top-of-your-secret level Mission Impossible rerun level classified so you can't tell anybody about the super duper secret you can't know what it is level most top tip toppiest secret level Mission Impossible rerun level classified Mr. President you can't I hereby declare you to self-destruct what I hereby declare you to self-destruct you know like in the Mission Impossible reruns this message will self-destruct it's scary to think about the fact that only one whistleblower came forward despite how many people witnessed this kind of behavior. <sighs> Thank you, whistleblower, whoever you are. Trump, 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 Trump. Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people. Writer, co-host, and producer, Dave Baldwin. Co-host and actress, Molly Brown. Writer and actor, Daniel Carter-Brown. And actors, Corey Burns and Tommy Strack. We appreciate your listening. Please subscribe to us where you subscribe to your podcasts. Follow us on your social media and tell all your friends we're funny. We appreciate it. I wish you could hear the The, thumbs up she just gave. (laughs) Hubris!